winning trumps all. I don't care what level you're on. If you win, if you can be able to say that you're the champions of the league, um, it's the same feeling. It's a feeling that never gets old. We got you a deal. And I just remember like sitting in my car, like crying for the first time. Right. I can remember being in practices and just sitting down watching Steph and Clay just work out after I get done with my workout. At the end of the day, we all win. Welcome into another episode of The Huddle. I'm Pete Hooley and I'm really excited for this one because when you talk about stories and anecdotes from someone's career, you think about the NBL and right now there might not be as great a stories in someone's career than this man right here, Ian Clark, Melbourne United, but you obviously won a championship with Sydney, mate. Thanks for joining me. How are you feeling? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Now, you are due to play this weekend. You've been out injured. How is that coming along? Uh, it's coming along good. Um, obviously, just ready to get back out there and play. Um, it's been a long time coming, but... Um, obviously, with the with the fever break, giving us giving some extra time to for me to, you know, get some practice time in. Obviously, test it out and see how it is. Um, it's been good, so I'm ready to get back out there. Now, I want to start with this kind of question I posed to you, and then, and then we'll get into your career and, and a bit about who you are. People often say that championship experience is invaluable when it's added to a team, and that's what happened with, with the Sydney Kings. Why is that? What does championship experience bring to a team that maybe hasn't felt it for a while? Um, I mean, it's a lot of intangibles that. You know, like uh, camaraderie, things like that. I feel like um, I had a lot of that coming from Golden State, just kind of learning from those guys, obviously being one of the younger guys, and then coming over to Sydney um, and basically being one of the older guys um, on the team. So getting a lot of feedback from, from guys asking questions about, you know, how my experience was and also, uh, you know, trying to implement some of the things that I saw in Golden State into Sydney. And um, I mean, it worked out. I mean, we had some great guys too, so that, that always plays a part. Um, and great coaching staff as well, so um, it was a good time. I'm looking forward to getting into all that with you, but third year in the NBL, but first full year. My first question is, what, what keeps you coming back? And uh, is it the country, is it the league, is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both. Um, obviously, it's, you, you know, you wanna go somewhere where you enjoy playing, um, you know, as far as like lifestyle and everything like that. So, you know, it's no better, better country. Obviously, the weather is really good during the season. Um, so that's the, that's the big thing, but also uh, just the level of competition that's been over here the last few years. Um, you see guys um, obviously taking the next step and going to the NBA. You got guys that you know go to the NBA like myself and come back and play. Um, so I think that's one of the things that's driving me, and uh, I'm, I love competing, so it's been fun doing it. When, when the phone first rang about Australia popping up and after everything that happened in the NBA, do, where were you and what were you thinking? What did you know about the league at that stage? What did you know about the country at that stage? Um, not too much. Um, I've had some guys that I grew up with playing with that have played over here. Uh, shout out to Scotty Hop. He was one of the guys, uh, you know, we obviously from the same area back in Tennessee. But, um, you know, it was coming off of uh, two years in China and coming off of a COVID year. Um, I had a crazy story, so I didn't really um, get to experience a lot after COVID playing over there because uh, I was in quarantine for a crazy amount of time. So just being able to get back and just to get my feet back into playing you know, basketball again. So that was the biggest thing for me and my agent. And Australia came up, um, Sydney you know, called and they had an injury, um, of course, so I was coming in as a replacement. And just being able to have the opportunity just to get back and play again, uh, that's the first thing I was looking looking forward to and obviously uh, building a relationship with Chase he helped that a lot helped me kind of understand uh, how the league was and where, where everything was at the time. Everyone was impacted by COVID in one way or another and some for, for more a longer period than others but being in China when it goes down what did you learn I guess about yourself about basketball did it make you appreciate hoops more in a weird way life more what was it really like? It was definitely life 
um, you know, it was my, you know, when I went before COVID, um, it was my first time being out of the country to, to play basketball. So uh, being over there by myself, obviously, you know, language barrier and things are different. So um, learning how to, you know, put basketball first, but also like understand who I am as a, as a man, as a person. Um, and then COVID hit and it was just, man, it was, it was a crazy time for me. I'll just say that it's a long story to get into, but, um, but just, you know, going through those, I feel like it made me appreciate, you know, just being able to be out on the court more. And I said that when I got to Sydney, it was just fun, just being, being able to just get back on the court and compete, um, and play at a high level. And, uh, you know, from then point, obviously my whole career, but specifically from that point on, I try not to take it for granted. You grew up in, in, in Tennessee, and at what point did you realize that professional basketball was going to be the way forward in, in the life dream? Um, I mean, it's a, it was a dream, you know, as a kid, obviously. And every kid says it. I, you know, it's, it's not, a, not an easy thing to get into, obviously. Um, but, you know, when I, I started to, you know, compare myself against my, um, against my peers to see, you know, guys that have been ranked, guys that have been, um, they go to, you know, big name schools and, and the high majors and seeing how I rank against them, when I, whether I compete with them in high school or AAU. And when I got to that point, you know, I feel, felt like I realized that I, I had a chance, you know, that I could do it, especially if I kept working. So, um, you know, after high school, um, you know, obviously first thing first was going to college. That was a big thing for my family, uh, being able to develop as much as I could there. But just every year I tried to just get a little bit better and you know, just give myself a chance. You know, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out, but I just want to make sure that I gave myself a chance. College, you went to Belmont, but had the chance to, or offers from Davidson, Murray State, and, and a couple of others. Why, why Belmont? Why did that stand out? Because college at that time, to pick and choose, it could either make or break your career, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Belmont was big. Um, obviously, they were good, good academically. That's what my parents, you know, first and foremost. Um, but also, you know, I had been watching them um, since my junior year, um, you know, Coach Barrett and, and the coaching staff would come to my high school uh, open gyms, they'd come to my AU games, being able to catch up with them. And they had made the big thing for me, you know, as a kid, and they played in the tournament three times, uh, I think three straight years. And so, you know, that's the, as a kid, that's, that was my dream, to be able to play in the NCAA tournament and have a chance to. Uh, so that was the big draw. And it was still close to home, it was in Nashville, it's not too far from Memphis. Uh, so my family and friends could, could still come see me play. So uh, that was the big deter for me. And, um, you know, I had the best four years there. I don't think I would ever change it. I have some of the best life memories from college as well. Did, did it shock you or did we kind of prepared through, I guess, the high school route of America of what college life's going to be like? Because it shocked me coming from Australia, no doubt. But you mentioned the academics, obviously taking that very seriously as well. How hard was it to juggle? Did you struggle freshman year trying to juggle both? Oh, for sure. Like, I think it teaches... Um, you know, how to manage your time. Like that's probably the biggest lesson that I learned being in college, being a student athlete. Um, and making sure that, you know, you had your grades in the right area so you could still play on the floor. Cause you know, if you, if you weren't taking care of yourself in the classroom, then you couldn't play. So um, that was a big thing for me. Um, I, I feel like I adjusted pretty well, obviously having my teammates and everybody around me, we all, you know, held each other accountable. So. Um, you know, if anybody was slacking in any area, we, we had pickups, uh, pick me up. So uh, it was good. I, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, have great, 
bonds and 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 relationships that uh, that are lifelong with those guys back at back at Belmont. So shout out to them. We see a lot now in Australia the different pathways that the youngsters can go through, and it's the same in America. If you had your time all over again, would you still go down the same route of going to college, or would you potentially do like a Next Stars program that we see now, or do you think that college just taught you so much about who you are in basketball and putting it all together? Um, I think I needed college um, as much as. As naive as my young self would say that I could probably do it, um, I think I just needed to to be in to be coached, obviously to learn a little bit more. Um, obviously, you know, physically, I think being it being in college for four years, being able to be in the weight room and understand how important it is to to take care of your body, um, I think that was a big thing for me. So, I, I, and like I said, the relationships and, and people that I met along the way, I don't think I would change it. If you had to pick one memory on the court at Belmont to remember that always stands out above the rest, which is it? Um, I think the first time making the NCAA tournament. Uh, it was my sophomore year. Um, we had a, a great year that year. We went 30 and five. Um, you know, we played five in, five out. Our bench probably could have started just as well as our starters did, but uh, we were great from top to bottom. Uh, it was a historic year for us, and being able to have that first time playing in the tournament was dope. Well, you see a lot. I mean, you played alongside guys who go to high majors, and when when you're not one of the high major schools, it's a lot different. The, the stories you hear, you, the private jets and all yeah. that, it, it's not it's not the same. With, with that, why do you think a school like Belmont is, is a character building one? I mean, your teammate Steph Curry, which we'll get into, went to Davidson. We know what he did with his career there. But what is so special about the smaller Division One schools compared to a Kentucky or Duke? Um, I think that it's hard to say because, you know, as a competitor, it shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of with those high majors, you know, you got guys that coming in that already have, you know, an exit plan or, um, or on the flip side that if they don't, then they're probably getting recruited over because you got another five star that's coming in that's most likely going to come for your spot and take your spot, start anything like that. So, um, I think the, the advantage is, you know, you, you're going to get, a little bit more attention, if that makes sense, um, and you know, you're gonna get to play. Like I think that's that's the biggest thing. I think you know guys that like like myself. Like I didn't know where I stood. I was so naive to the whole. You know, I felt like if I was good enough, I could go play anywhere, whether it was a Duke or a Kentucky or or Belmont. You know, so um, I just wanted to compete. So um, I think that having that mindset, and also like for me, I had a chip on my shoulder, so I wanted to be the the you know the quote unquote smaller school that could compete with anybody in the country and I think you get a lot of those guys that end up falling to those mid majors that can very well be anywhere in the country. What was that first experience like then for the NCAA tournament? Because I remember experiencing the same thing and just the, a police escort was cool yeah, at, at the for time. Sure. And what was it a bit surreal? I mean, you talk about growing up and wanting to go to college and experiencing that, but finally ticking that box. Do you remember it pretty vividly? Yeah, I do. Um, we played Wisconsin. Um, and I just remember, like you said, the police escorts. But obviously, like, we played in a smaller gym at, at Belmont and being in a mid-major, so, you know, you get to, you know, the arenas are huge, mm. it's packed out, and, and you have, um, you know, you have fans that travel, but sometimes, you know, being the underdog, you have fans that are cheering for you, you know, you're going to knock off the higher seed, wherever they, they're thinking about their brackets or anything like that, so uh, I remember that, but I just remember, you know, obviously wanting to get the win, but just being able to, to hear, like, you know, when we hit a shot or we went on a big run, how loud it got. You know, that was the biggest thing for me. Do you remember about Selection Sunday? Because it's always unique to be a part of. You waiting to see yeah. what you fall on the bracket. For sure, we had it um, at my school in our uh, in like our uh, student center, and you know, we all sit down and we we lined up. And when they call your name, it just gets loud. Everybody's <laughs> cheering. 
Um, I definitely remember that we did that, you know, obviously three straight years, but that first one was real special. It's good to see here with someone who did three straight years because I'm not too many people can, I can actually understand what that's like <laughs> going to the tournament. You say a chip on your shoulder and, and obviously you talk about someone being an NBA champion, everyone thinks, okay, gets drafted, potentially lottery pick if he's an NBA champion. That wasn't your case. What exactly transpired after you left Belmont and, and I guess where did your mind shift change to, okay, my path is not going to be the one that I would have liked and to get drafted in and sign and go the easy way? Um, like I said, I think it was, excuse me, um, more so like being naive to how the, the process works, you know, like obviously at graduating college, um, well, finishing my college season, we went straight into figuring out, you know, getting the agent and, you know, going that route. So I actually had my, my college coach help me with the decision. Um, he ended up, we ended up bringing, you know, meeting with different agencies. We brought him into his office. We sat down and we had you know, a sheet of paper about what I was, what I was looking for, if it matched, you know, what they said, that's kind of what we went with. And, um, and then after that process, it went to going to Portsmouth, which is the, the, the seniors, like, uh, it's like a big tournament for our college seniors. Um, and we ended up winning that tournament. Uh, I was on a team that won it actually. And um, from that point, we went to um, get, like I signed up with, uh, with my agency and, went straight to workouts, just kind of get ready for like the pre-draft workouts and trying to make sure I got my foot in the door to get to some of these teams and get to some workouts. Ended up going to quite a few um, just to kind of, you know, make my, make my, my mark. Um, like I said, competing with some of those guys that you saw that already on the draft board, um, it was cool because, you know, obviously not looking back on it, like my mindset was, man, I know I could, I could hold my own. You know what I mean? Like if I could just get an opportunity, I could show that I could, you know, be, just as good as these guys, uh, if not Were you better. nervous? I, I couldn't think of anything worse knowing. Um, my first one was nervous because you just don't know what you're going into. You know what I mean? Like, obviously the expectations being at the NBA level, um, you know, what, what kind of drills we were going to do. Obviously you want to make sure that you're in shape. You don't want to be that guy. Uh, but just knowing, you know, obviously the, the coverages, the three seconds, you know, knowing the, the ins and outs, being in 2-9, being in help positions, knowing how to play and pick and roll things like that was uh, a lot of things that I worked on before the pre-draft started. So um, went, went to that, that phase, obviously the drafts happened. Everybody wants to hear the name called. Um, I didn't really have an expectation to hear mine. Um, if I did, it would have been great. But if not, um, I know my agent, we had talked and we had a few, uh, couple teams that wanted me to come and play summer league with them that I already had a spot. So I felt like that was my calling card. You know, if I wanted to make a statement and make, my, make myself um, known, like I had to do it in summer league. And so that's what I did. Did you have any sort of, I guess, like draft watch party? And it's not a story, like, I think it was Christian Wood from mm -hmm. when he was at UNLV had a draft party and didn't get drafted. Yeah. And it was kind of, he was expected to and mm -hmm. didn't fall out that way. Did you have anything just in case? And again, I guess, I know you didn't expect to hear your name, but it would still, I'm sure, hit you in a certain way of like, okay, now that chip on my shoulder's even bigger, I've got to go prove it at some Yeah, for sure. Actually, I was, excuse me, I was at home uh, with my parents. <laughs> I just remember being at home, watching the draft, uh, you know, obviously cheering for some of my peers, some of the guys that I knew, I was happy for them to get drafted. Um, but it was just me, my mom, and my dad just at home watching it, didn't, didn't hear it. And I got a phone call right after about where I would be uh, the next couple months. And, um, you know, that's how it worked out. For a lot of people that don't know, that second round is not a guaranteed one, but you're kind of locked into the rights in a similar situation to your teammate now, Luke Travis, for the Cavs, and they yep. filled their two-way spots, which you probably should have got this year. If a, a late second-round pick came up at the time, was, would you have definitely ran with that, or is it something you might have gone back to and realised that there are some stories where guys turn that down? 
Um, knowing the business now, obviously then I probably would have said yeah, mm. but understanding um, you know, where I was coming from my agency standpoint, like you said, it's not guaranteed for those guys, on the, on the, especially on the back end of the second round. So being able to actually not get drafted and pick kind of what team you kind of want to go to that fits you know, who I am or who you are as a player is probably better. And that's kind of what happened with me, like not getting drafted. Um, I think I played my I played with Miami in Orlando summer league. It's cr- you played in two two different teams in the same yeah. year of summer league. Yeah, um, back then they had it in Orlando, so I played with Miami, um, and they needed you know shooting obviously and guard play and um, Golden State in the in the Vegas summer league, and so like I said, being able to to pick instead of getting locked in somewhere where maybe they you know they stash you or they send you overseas and you might not come back and have a spot, um, I was just fortunate enough to be able to compete for one. Miami didn't have, they were coming off a championship, they didn't have one, um, a spot available, just a training camp spot. Uh, Golden State was similar, but um, I played so well that other teams, obviously, everybody's always watching. So I uh, played well, won the MVP of that championship game uh, with Golden State in Vegas, and uh, ended up signing with, with Utah after that. That is some league, I mean, I was there this year, it is a unique style of basketball to watch. Like it, everyone is out there for themselves in some degree, but you also need to understand that coaches and scouts are aware of that and trying to see who plays the team. I think Kent Bazemore was on the bench. So you had guys in Golden State, they'd already used their first round pick on mm-hmm. a European, I believe, mm-hmm. at the time. So what was your mindset going into, into that? Because it's, it's a doggy dog well in summer man. league. It, it is crazy to watch. Um, man, it, it is, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, you know, just seeing it over the years just get obviously more talent um, on the floor, but uh, my mindset was just to go out there and, and, and be myself. Like, um, you know, I didn't want to, I don't want to leave anything out there and be like, man, I should have did this or should have did that um, to make myself, to give myself any opportunity to, to be on the roster. So, um, you know, coming in, obviously win first was my, has always been my mentality. Uh, being able to be on that team and win the first championship was, was pretty dope. I played, like you said, with Kent Baysmore, Kent Baysmore uh, Draymond played with us actually that, that time too, so we got to we got a relationship pretty early. But um, yeah, my mindset was just go out and play, and whatever happens happens. And you know, obviously understanding the business, like I just said, um, it may not be the team that I was playing for that looks out. Um, it'd be a, another team that's man, maybe I fit the fit the mold for their team and being a uh, a free agent that was it was perfect for me. Well, you are, do end up on the Golden State Warriors, but not for two years later, 20, 2015. So, what transpired in winning the Summer League Championship MVP, winning the Summer League, and then two years eventually getting to that contract with Golden State? Um, I think it's just, I, I think I just kind of stayed on their radar a little bit. Um, like I said, they didn't have a, a spot open for me, and you, well, they had a training camp spot that they were going to offer me, uh, but Utah had a, a spot. This is guaranteed, and obviously, you know, you want to get your foot in the door and be able to, to say that, you know, I'm on the NBA team. So that was obviously first and foremost. Uh, shout out to my agents for doing that. But uh, what was know, that like, getting that and getting that call, but actually putting the pen to paper of childhood man, dream? Um, I can remember the day I was actually, I just got back from Vegas. I was in the barbershop back at home, right around the corner from my house, and you know, everybody was talking about, you know, everybody because I've been going there since high school, so. Um, all the barbers in there talking like, man, we watched you on TV, way to do your thing, X, Y, Z. And I got a call as I'm in the chair. And, you know, my agent said, hey, like, got some news for you. Call me back when you get a chance. So I instantly get up, you know, <laughs> take the cape off, take the robe off, obviously, and go outside. And he said, man, hey, we, we, we got you a deal. And I just remember, like, sitting in my car, like, crying for the first time. Like, just, 
overwhelmed with joy. I called my parents, called my family, called my brother, told everybody, and then like ten minutes later, like the news broke and it was all over social media and everything. So it was a it was a big moment. Obviously, um, you know, you felt like I felt like I just like I said, I just gave myself the the right chance and it worked out for me. But then kind of everything started over. You know what I mean? Like now I'm I'm a rookie. I'm I'm new. I have to learn the ins and outs of the NBA. Before you arrived at Golden State for the two years at Utah, I would bounce around a little bit. Did you ever have any moments where you thought that you should talk about getting the foot in the door, but you were kind of falling out of it? Did you ever not say give up per se, but thinking this is a lot harder than I thought? For sure. Um, after my close to the end of my second year in Utah, um, I ended up getting waived, and it's always tough because you know being a rookie. Being on the team, we had a lot of vets at that time. Shout out to Richard Jefferson, who's my vet, Marvin Williams, those guys. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't playing a lot. So trying to find out how to show that you belong without getting the opportunity. You know, obviously it wasn't, you know, make sure I come in and get my work in and never late and things like that. They all play a part for sure. But um, that was that was probably one of the parts I was like, man, like, am I gonna stay? Am I gonna still be be able to to have a career in the NBA, or am I gonna you know find it elsewhere? So getting waived, got picked up by Denver right away, which was, shout out to them for giving me another opportunity. Um, played the back end with them and then ended up playing summer league with, with the Nuggets. And that's the year that Jokic got drafted actually. So it was pretty cool. Um, but played with him in summer league and I played well. Um, and then uh, got a call to, to come to Golden State for training camp. Did you think Jokic would be what he is now back then? Um, I, can't, I can't say <laughs> that, you know, I, I can't say that. Like, I don't think so. I don't think anybody did. To yeah, be fair. yeah. Like he was obviously he was still a good player, but you know obviously he was young coming in. He was a second round pick, and you know how the the stigma is mm-hmm. around being a late second round pick. Um, you know they're not really sure on you, but he obviously what he is now. He's he's incredible, and he's he's a good dude too. So shout out to him. When you get to Golden State, what was that? I guess one reunion were like with Draymond Green, but a team that you've had some familiarity with from that summer league in Vegas. Uh, it was it was. It was crazy because they were coming off the championship. So I'm watching them all summer, mm. not having any idea that I would be in a locker room with those guys right after. But um, I mean, it was it was kind of surreal. It was fun. I knew the expectations were going to be high, so I wanted to come in and obviously put my best foot forward. But uh, being able to have you know my practice locker right by Steph and Clay and and like you said, having that that relationship with uh, with Draymond before, but kind of knowing him. Um, getting, getting, being able, I'm sorry, to know him, to get to know him a little bit more, um, and everybody um, on the team was pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously we hit the ground running that year, <laughs> <laughs> starting, you know, 24-0, but um, like I said, the experience was, was unforgettable. I can remember being in practices and just sitting down watching Steph and Clay just work out after I get done with my workout. Just, you know, why not be able to be right there and, and see you know, how those guys get better and how they work on their game and see if I can implement anything to, to help me get better. We see videos of it now and it flows around of all this stuff they do after and Steph's incredible shooting. What's it like in person though? To watch not just in game, but like the, all the stuff he does afterwards, the, the consecutive makes and everything. Did you just sit, sit back and to be like, this is unbelievable? It is. It's, it's even crazier like when you have to guard them mm. and you think you're there, but you're not. Like, and this. It's like, man, like I'm right here in your grill, like I'm right here, you don't see me, and he still makes it, still makes tough shots. But like I said, like those are the ones that he works on. Those are the things that make him who he is. Um, but I just, I was so, um, it was crazy to see just, like I said, the consistency of those guys every day. Like it wasn't a day that they didn't get their work in, they didn't do something. And 
Um, you know, you, you can talk about your body being tired and things like that, but you know, those guys being that's another thing too. Those guys are in shape. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So their their body has been able to withstand all of that is pretty cool. A Golden State Championship was one thing, but a lot of people got to remember around that period uh, for how good you were with the 73 and 9 season the greatest regular season of all time it's pretty cool to look back on now i'm sure but even in the moment you're starting 24 and 0, it's wild to think that's even possible these days it's i don't see how we did it <laughs> <laughs> i mean obviously we, we we were healthy for the most part um i think obviously just the the way that the league was going that time with steph and clay and the way that they made shots and the way coach had us you know, playing, moving the ball, sharing the ball, always going from good to great shots. Um, the ball really never sticking, and obviously playing defense as well. But like I, I look back on it, obviously I'm I'm thankful and blessed to be able to be a part of history. Yeah. You know, I can. It was hard to let it sink in, but as the years go on, I look back and like, man, I don't know if that. Well, it's a team that you look at the roster of who was on that team, and your name's gonna be there. Forever. Yeah, forever, yeah. forever. So that's pretty cool. But like I said, it was just, it was so fun. Like. You know, even games where we thought we were, I mean, we were down. Like, there was never a doubt that we didn't think that we could have a chance to come back and win, whether it was, you know, 15, 25 points. Like, we always felt like we always had another run in us uh, that could get us back in the game. And you always do when you got those guys that can shoot as well as they can. It took me a while to, to remember the fact that you didn't actually win the championship that year. I yeah. mean, you went, you would, came back from a 3-1 deficit in, in, o in, in OKC. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that because that was a, that was a crazy moment, I'm sure. Man, it was, you know, they, they gave us a lot of, a lot of trouble. Just the, their, star, their whole team that year was, was unbelievable. Those guys were playing at a high level. I think they matched up well against us. Mm. Um, they had size, they had shooting, obviously having KD and Russ playing at a high level. You had guys like Deion Waiters coming off the bench uh, that, could, that could fill it up. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a crazy series, but I do remember just being, when we went down 3-1, like we went back into the locker room um, and it wasn't a, a sign of like panic. Like we didn't, we, guys weren't down on each other. Like I remember us being able to say, hey, we just got to take it one game at a time. We're going back home. Let's just focus on getting that one. And the spirits were high. Like, we, we, it, it, was, it was like we were up, if that made sense, which was very, very weird, especially, um, you know, no team coming back <laughs> down 3-1. But um, like I said, when we went back home, you know, we just built momentum off each game. And we ended up winning that game, coming back, and obviously Clay having the game that he had mm. in game six um, just carried our momentum. Going back home and Oracle was – rocking that night I can remember it was way too loud um, but I just remember you know it coming down to the wire and, and Steph hitting big shots and us pulling it out it was pretty special it, again you talk about history but that game six clay was coined oh. then and, and you, again you're a part of that yeah. <laughs> to sit back and watch what was that like man it was like the shots that he was hitting man it was it was crazy just to see him in the zone like that um in a in a must-win game mm. as well like you know some guys you know, don't show up for those moments. And we had all of our guys that were supposed to show up, showed up, and that's what helped us. It was a Golden State Cavs back and forth for two of the three years in that one. The LeBron block, obviously, on Iggy, on the other side of it. Yeah. Looking back at it now, <laughs> what was that like to go through? Uh, uh, it was, where did he come from? You know what I mean? Like, seeing it in live, in real time, it happened so fast. But obviously, you know, it's been broadcasted everywhere. And it's in yeah. slow motion. So, um, you can see, you know, just him coming. And, and being able to make a great play, which is shout out to them, man. They, you know, obviously we had some controversial calls and things that went on about guys getting suspended and things like that and injuries. Obviously, Bowles got hurt too mm. um, in that game six. 
Uh, but shout out to them. Those guys put on the show. Uh, him and Kyrie played well that game six and um, no, actually game five. Mm. I'm sorry. And um, and just being able to to put ourselves in position. I mean, it still came down to game seven. We were at home. Um, you know, it was a close game back and forth. They just, you know, they made one one more shot than we did. So. And then you fast forward, you go through that, and you, and you become a champion in 2017. But not just become a champion. That was, I think, you started 12 and 0 in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like when you got the first, the second sweep. Say, what was the talk in the locker room? Did everybody know that this was like we're winning a championship this year? Like the way we're playing, no one's going to beat us in a series, let alone beat us at all. Because you finished 16 and one in the playoffs. Yeah, that was actually, man. It started, you know, right after we lost. It's, I mean, it's cliche as it sounds. When when KD came to the team, you know, our that was our first, you know. First thing we talked about in, in training camp and preseason is, you know, we want to get that bad taste out of our mouth from last year. And obviously adding a, a piece like him makes it easy, but, you know, it's not always easy because guys have to gel, guys have to learn how to play together. And, um, you know, he, he fit in perfectly. Obviously his skill set is, is, is easy, not, not, not hard to, you know, fit, but, um, but it was everything else that had to flow, how, how our bench was going to react. You know, we had year before it was Barbosa, um, those guys coming off the bench, Maurice Spates. Um, this year it was David West, it was myself, you know, being able to have a bigger role. Uh, had a rookie in Pat McCall that, that played big minutes as well when KD went out. So, um, like I said, it started in, in training camp and then, you know, it, I think it's just guys were so locked in when the playoffs started because we knew we had one goal. You know, we didn't want to let ourselves slip in any moment. So uh, being able to, like I said, build off game to game, series to series was our focus. People talk now when you've come in and you're coming off the bench for the Kings and, and doing that for Adelaide a little bit last year. And people are, I don't understand why. You're, like you're obviously a 35-minute capable player and a starting capable player, no doubt. But does anything have to do with the story before Game 5 of that 2017 that I was reading about where Steve Kerr came up? You'd already played double-figure minutes in the first four games, I believe. And he, did he come up and tell you, he's like, you're out of the rotation? Yeah, for, that was... For the clinch, clinching game. Yeah. Um, actually, that started... It was like during, uh, during the regular season. Um, um, oh, actually, you're right. You are right. In that clinching game, I didn't play. You're right. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things where, like, I'm, I'm never going to complain. Like, I, was, I always say this about, about Coach Kerr. Like, he, he was always straightforward with me, with everybody, but uh, specifically with me um, in my situation. Uh, there was a time in the regular season where he did the same thing, where um, there were times where, you know, he didn't know who was going to come off the bench, whether me or, or Pat at the time. And, you know, he came to me, he said, hey, these next five games, we're going to see what Pat can do, so mm-hmm. we're not going to play you. There's nothing you did wrong. Um, I just wanted to tell you. And he doesn't have to do that. He's the head coach. He can make his decisions. And, but I think that helped me and for a lot of other guys, too, in the league. It helps you to know that, you know, you're not doing anything wrong, so you don't overthink because you, everybody wants to play, obviously. And, you know, after those five games went by, he came back and told me, hey, you're back in the rotation. Be ready to play. And, you know, I was able to switch my mind back on to getting game ready and everything like that. And so uh, same thing with the in the in the in the playoffs. Like, you know, it, it, it's not about me. Obviously, if, if it's lineups or matchups and things where a guy's with bigger size or, or you know, a special skill set needs to be on the floor, you know, this, this that's what needs to happen. But at the end of the day, we all win. So that, but that's the thing. I, I couldn't find the video, but apparently during the championship parade, then Steve Kerr mentioned this story of that he told you that you weren't going to play in that, yeah. in that game five. And he said, the most rewarding part about winning this championship is celebrating with you and JaBelle McGee because you'd won 
helped them win playoff games before, and then you didn't play in that game. But that's the rewarding thing is now that I get to be an NBA champion with Ian Clark. And, and that from a legend in Coach Kerr has to mean a lot. For sure. It definitely does. Like, you know, me and JaVale, like, we, we used to pride ourselves in coming off the bench and making an impact in some kind of way. You know, that was, that was our biggest thing. Um, him coming at being new to the team that year, um, and me obviously finding a different role and coming to, to a more of a role uh, than I did last year because I was backing up uh, Barbosa. So um, that was our mindset, and we knew we could help, obviously, but at the same time, man, we was just happy to be able to, if we're winning, we all, we're all happy. And so that's what, that's what happened for us. But it was a, like I said, it was a magical, magical special time to be on that team. What was it like to receive the ring the first time? Man, I remember um, it got presented to me when I was in New Orleans, we came back and played Golden State for the first time, first time back in Oracle. And you know, obviously Steph presented the ring, um, but just seeing it for the first time, man, and being able to, to be a part of history, because a, a lot of guys play for a long time and they never get to win a championship. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a special moment. I had my family there. Um, my mom has it, like I said, she has the ring back at home now. Um, locked away somewhere. She may, she may wear it. I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I said, receiving it for the first time was was great, and you know it's something special. Obviously, it's, I still have video and everything. I'm gonna keep that for a long time. I do want to talk a bit about your relationship with, with Steph, Clay, Draymond. I mean, we talk about Hall of Famers and some of the best to ever do it. But I do want to talk about one memory, and I think it was your floater against Houston. Yeah. Where uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for Prime James Harden at the time, that would have been one of the most unbelievable moments. They call it the the nearly Ian Clark coming out party where yeah. you had an, a massive performance. What do you remember about that game? Man, um, I remember them just sticking with me, honestly. Like, not knowing how, you know, the rotations were going to go. I think Steph ended up getting got hurt that series. Mm -hmm. um, and so being able to, like I said, just try to step up and and play basketball. Like, it was just, it was, I remember being out there and just for a quick second, like, man, like, you know, they, they trust me enough to be out here. And that's one thing that I've always tried to, to do is just gain trust from, from my coaches, from my peers. Like, I want, to, I want them to be comfortable with putting me out there, whether it's, you know, early in the game or whether it's, you know, three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And uh, being able to finish out that game, you know, with the, with the guys we had, like you said, he had a crazy step back. I remember it on Andre like it was yesterday. But, um, you know, like I said, being able to, to have that, like, it, you put him a, up one. You, you, yeah, you should have been the game with yeah. yeah. But uh, that was one of those times where, like, it was a sense of, like, I know I belong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's kind of tried to take that and, and ride that out the, the rest of the time I was in Golden State. So you won an NBA championship. You come to the NBL halfway through the season with the Kings and have a massive say in winning that championship. The one thing watching watching both, really, at the time is the joy you got from celebrating with your teammates. And some of these Sydney teammates are still rolling around now that you yeah. get to see now. What is it about that whole experience? Because obviously they're completely different scales of NBA and NBL championships, but it's still the word champion sticks with both. And do you still have, do you still have the NBL championship ball that you still have yeah, part of? I'm surprised you still got it. What is the, uh, what's that joy like? And you, you can't put it into words until you've experienced it, but it's something else, I'm sure. It was a goal as soon as I got here. Um, obviously knowing the roster that we had mm -hmm. um, and just being, I just wanted to make it, like I said, make an impact, you know, be, be some sort of a, uh, a change. Um, obviously, like I said, coming off the bench was, wasn't a thing for me. Chase asked me, did I want to start or if I have a problem with starting or coming off the bench? And I told him, um, I want to give respect to the guys that were there before me. They had, you know, they played a whole half of, mm -hmm. kind of a half a season. I'm not, I can't remember what game exactly I came in, but 
um, those guys have been there since training camp, and I wanted to pay respects to. I didn't want to come in and be like I'm the macho man and I need to start and I need this and I need that. I wanted to play my way and let my my game talk. And if it was so fit that I, that he, you know, later down the line he wanted to start me, then he would. But if not, you know, we had a good thing rolling. Obviously, we went on that crazy win streak, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So, um, but being able to win it was great. Shout out to Jarrell Martin too. Mm -hmm. He still has a sound the ball. He's the only guy that. Oh, did for it. real? He got out of there right after because he. Yeah, uh, that's right. His daughter was getting born. Born. So, um, but like I said, I think just. Winning trumps all. I don't care what level you're on. If you win, if you can be able to say that you're the champions of the league, um, it's the same feeling. It's the feeling that never gets old. That's what I told guys, and you know, it was a it was a great experience to be able to do that with this with that group. That the bond you have with, especially winning teams, obviously, it's going to be a whole lot more than than teams that don't succeed. There's no doubt about that. But talk about life accomplishments. You got your jersey retired in in high school, and, and Steph. KD and the whole, the whole team comes yeah. to that. Well, I mean, that's wild. That's yeah. wild to think because I'm thinking if that ever happened for me for college or whatever reason, I'm not sure who would rock up. But that, <laughs> to, to have those greats rock up, what did that mean to you? It meant everything because um, it shows it's, kind of, it's bigger than basketball. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it being a, a basketball moment, but you know those guys have their own lives. Um, you know, they could easily say, "Hey, man, we getting ready for a game. I'm just gonna stay in the hotel." But all of those guys came to my high school that I never would have thought that those guys would step foot in. Um, you know, I had my family in the back beforehand, and they were all good to to talk to my family, take pictures, sign all stuff like that. Like I tried to keep it as minimum as possible, but you know, you know, my family that's it's big for them too as well to be able to meet those guys in person, off the court, and be able to talk to them and have regular conversation. But to see those guys show up, that's the kind of team that we were. We were close knit. Um, and you know it, it was very special. Obviously, the moment in general, being able to, mm. you know, to have my jersey retired in my high school is, is big. But also have those guys there and have my family there to share that moment was great as well. You've been through all these incredible stories, and we talk about 2013. So a lot of fans would be thinking that you're or you are a veteran, but you're a lot older than you really are. I mean, you're only 32. <laughs> if things go well this year for Melbourne United, you win another championship. Do you see yourself really going anywhere else to play? Are you really enjoying it here in Australia? You just never know where you end up. Um, I'll say it's kind of both. I enjoy myself here. Mm -hmm. um, I just, like I said, I, I've, I've, it's kind of been my, my MO, so to speak, most of my career. Um, I've never really had a long-term deal anywhere. So every year has been me trying to figure out where I'm going to be and you know, what, what my season's going to be like. And so um, not purposely, but I've kind of got comfortable being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. uh, being in that kind of, in that, in that feel for so long. Obviously this year being able to start the year helps. You know, I got to start the year and have a full season. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure what's gonna happen. I'm just you know, I'm I'm excited for the ride though, whatever whatever comes. As someone who's played alongside Chris Golding for a couple of years and, and seen him and been part of his post training routines, a lot of people would laugh when they say the Steph Curry of the NBL, but he really is. I mean you look at what what he makes. Is there any, I guess, not comparisons, but any similarities you see in the way they go about their craft? And again, it's hard to say that you'd have that same, I guess, shocked or surprised watching Steph's post thing workouts, but mm -hmm. I've seen it from CG and it's remarkable. I'm it sure. is. I, I watch it. I watch it sometimes too. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't know if he, if he sees, but um, it's the same thing. It's the diligent to, to get through. You, he has a set workout mm -hmm. and he does it every day. He has his, his basket. He shoots the same shots. If he's missing them, you can hear it. <laughs> uh, but that's you know that's that's the character of a guy that cares about his 
um, his craft. He cares about what shots that he's taken, what shots are good for him, what shots are good for the team. Um, and it's like you said, man, the, the, the shots that he makes are incredible. Like the one against Southeast, mm. oh, it's deep, got in his face. And it's like, it doesn't phase him, you know what I mean? And even sometimes when I catch myself guarding him in certain drills in practice, um, I, I have to make sure that I'm close enough and, he, and sometimes he gets me as well. So um, it's, it's a joy to be able to, to, to watch, to be a part of, obviously being on the same team. I got one story, being in Adelaide last year, I, I got hurt and I didn't play. They, Melbourne came to Adelaide. Mm and he came out absolutely on fire against us. And I'm, I'm watching our guys and they're coming to the bench. I'm like, yo, just like, get closer to him. You know what I mean? Like not understanding, yeah. you know, how good of a shooter he really is. And he really doesn't see once he gets up in his motion is you just hope he misses. But um, like I said, it's been, it's been great being, uh, being able to be alongside and play, play alongside of him. He's a, he's a leader. Um, he's a great, great teammate. Um, and he's a competitor as well. So you like playing with somebody like that. He, he never got his chance in the NBA, and a lot of people, and I mean, I'll attest to that, that he definitely deserved it, could have held his own For there. Sure. And he had a workout with Golden State uh, a couple of years ago. Do you think the league as a whole, you've played against a lot of these players, there's a lot of untapped, I guess, Australians who could be in the NBA right now and, and play a role? Yeah, I think so. I think that, especially guys with, uh, with specialties, mm -hmm. as far, like, like a CG, um, you know, you have one, a few anomalies as far as, uh, X with Cooks being able to do everything that he does on the floor and he, his game obviously can translate and it did it's better for him to be able to get a shot and, and play but um, I think it's a lot of guys that, that have the opportunity I think it's just I think the more the this league goes I think scouts over there will see obviously the blitz is a big thing mm -hmm. and being able to have a lot of NBA scouts come and watch guys play you're a fan of it in the Gold Coast? I was my yeah. first time in the Gold Coast as well nice. so it was nice yeah. the weather was great uh, I enjoyed that but um, yeah, I think it's a lot of untapped potential over here in the NBA that, that definitely can translate in the NBA. I selfishly hope that we see you in the NBA and for, for many more years. But I, I want to finish it off with asking, well, what's your favorite part about Australia not on the basketball court? What do you get up to? Um, you're a beach goer? Nah, not really. I'm not a swimmer, I'll say that. You're, I'm a beach goer. You're but, a cafe man? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. not a big coffee guy, though. It doesn't have to be. Okay. Cafe, yeah. I like cafe. Yeah, I like the vibes. Yeah. yeah, I like the vibes. Um, I think just... For me, it's just new experiences. Um, foodie, foodie guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying. Like I'm here in Melbourne, I'm trying different spots Go on, give everywhere. Us a couple spots. Ah, my my teammates put me put me on. Shout out to Big Joe, put me on a uh, Bell's mm -hmm. chicken. It's yeah. really good. So um, Ziggy's. Um, I've always been a huge fan of GYG. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of my spots for sure. It's my go-to always because it's always consistent. Um, put me on the spot here. Uh, let's see if I got one more, one more place, one more place. I haven't seen you a chin chin yet. That's one I need to put on my list. Yeah, that's okay, in, that's in the city. Okay, uh, I do want to end on a potential hypothetical. Let, let's fast forward here to, to the end of this season, the way Melbourne United's going, and, and everyone's expecting the Sydney Kings to be there. A championship series against the Sydney Kings, against Jalen Adams, against the team that you have a lot of history with, and, and absolutely zero bad blood for sure. What would that five game series be like on a personal level? Um, I'm not going to lie and say that I wouldn't be getting up for that series. Um, it's easy to say that, oh, you can blow over and it's just any other team, um, which I feel like in the game I wouldn't think about it. Mm -hmm. If I had to hypothetically look forward to it, um, it would be special. Obviously, you know, I would want to win, but it, being able to go against, go against a few of those guys that I won the championship with, knowing how competitive they are on the other side as well, they're going to be able to give it right back to us. So it would be, 
it'll be a, a great series for sure. But I think that, uh, you know, obviously I'll give myself an edge on that one. Man, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's great to see you back on the court this weekend and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Appreciate it, buddy.